Today's guest is William J. Leston. He is a retired fire captain and forester of 35 years. He is also the author of the book Full Contact Kundalini, which is a book about his NDE in 1994, where it eventually led and what he has learned regarding the true nature of our earthly journey and our connection to an eternal higher consciousness of pure love. Bill, thank you very much for giving me some of your time today. I really appreciate you being here. My pleasure, Jeff. Thank you. All right. So one might say that your story is a little fringe for even an NDEer. Can we please start at the beginning of your NDE and can you explain what happened? Yeah. I, um, I, like you said, I had my original near-death experience in 1994 and I was a um, fireman at the time. And down in Goleta and um, Santa Barbara area, mm-hmm. and we went to a, a, a um, severely ill patient, and uh, there was a like a flu epidemic going on. All the all the uh, emergency rooms were full, and um, a couple of us got it. And a couple of days later, I was really sick, and um, I ended up in an emergency room, and that things didn't go very well. And I progressed into the um, intensive care. And uh, the, the night that I went into the ER um, and I, I went to intensive care, sometime during that night, um, my, my blood pressure had dropped out and I was out uh, for hours. And sometime during that night, uh, I left my body. And they, the doctors and the nurses, they said, um, you know, we, we put you in the Trendelenburg and with two high flow IVs and we hope for the best. And, um, you know, I was 40 over zero, uh, with a blood pressure. And, um, so anyway, I left my body and I had this, uh, incredible experience. And I, um, I was in this star filled realm. There were, uh, beautiful colored stars all around me. And I felt amazing. I felt like I'd been let out of a dark closet, a hot, dark, stuffy closet. And I was this huge expanded balloon, this huge expanded cloud. And I was moving through all these stars as what I, the only thing I could call them at the time. And, um, and it felt like somebody was pouring honey all over my brain and it was running through every nerve. And, um, I was ecstatic, euphoric, um, and a lot of NDEs, they're, they're coming clean these days, and it's good to see because they say it felt sensual, it felt extremely sexual. Hmm, um, just wow. this euphoria that, yeah, just this euphoria that you, you really couldn't uh, contain. You, um, so I was flying along and um, just loving it, and I was not Bill Letson anymore. I didn't want anything to do with his story uh, or – the whole thing uh, of being here in this place, in this body. And um, that's weird to say because I have had a charmed life. I've, I've had everything I've ever wanted and I'm probably the happiest person you'll ever meet. And my thoughts while I was flying along was, wow, what the heck was that? That was rough. Uh, this <laughs> earthly um, visit, that was, that was tough duty. And, um, and I was so happy to be released. I, there was no way I was going back ever. 
flying along. And my biggest thing was, how in the world did I forget who I really was? That kept coming up. It's like, this is such a major trick uh, that I was this guy and that I wasn't who I really was for a, a temporary time. I'm flying along and I was thinking about that and all of a sudden I landed. I landed in a place that was real. It was solid. It had indirect lighting. There were tables there and it was uh, kind of clinical, kind of institutional almost. And there were beings there. Hmm. There were these three uh, short hooded guys and um, they were overjoyed to see me. They were bouncing around and laughing and uh, telling jokes and, um, and I was looking at them and they looked familiar, but I was so confused. I was in this place all of a sudden. It was a firm, it was a solid place. And, um, and they were asking me all these questions like, oh, what, what was it like? What did you learn? What can you tell us? And, uh, and I was just saying, this is so amazing. These, they, they look like little elves. And, um, they started giggling and one of them turned to the others and said, he doesn't remember us. And they all giggled uh, uproariously. And um, it was like, I just got off a roller coaster and I was home. You know, I, I was back at the, at the landing, with my best bros. And they all wanted to know how was the roller coaster. And um, it was all fun and light and cool. And then there was this other guy and he was kind of in charge. And he was this like tall, wispy guy. Um, it's almost like he was made out of uh, vapor or smoke or something. And he had a smile on his face from ear to ear. And when he came close to me, he, my chest expanded and I felt like it was going to explode. Uh, and it was love. There was so much love from this guy. Um, and, um, it wasn't very organized. They didn't have, there wasn't a lot going on. And uh, they were just like bouncing around and, and having a good time. And, um, you know, me being this kind of uh, guy, this, you know, fire captain guy, you know, you, you got policies and procedures. And uh, so I said, well, aren't we going to uh, go through a review of my life? And, uh, and this, this tall, wispy guy just chuckled. He laughed and he goes, sure, let's do that. How do you want to start? And he just laughed some more. And um, and I, I told a few stories. I told a few things. Oh, you know, I wish I would have taken that park service job on that island, you know, and my wife wanted that job. And, you know, a few few things like that. No big regrets at all. And, um, and then he sort of said, okay, it's time to go back. And, and I was really shocked at that. I, I was like, go back. I'm not going back. I'm done with that. You know, I was, uh, I was in my late thirties. I, and I told him, I look, I'm almost 40. What, what good am I? Uh, there's, <laughs> there's nothing more to do. And, um, the three little guys that it was like, they were reassigned. They just disappeared. And, um, and he came forward and, uh, I felt my slip myself slipping back. And I, I when I told this at a few years ago at an NDA meeting, um, my wife got a good chuckle out of it. But um, 
But I told him, I said, look, uh, you know, the only people that are going to really be upset is uh, my mom and dad and my wife. And they'll be sad for a couple of weeks, but they'll get over it. And uh, they'll be fine. They're strong people. And uh, he laughed at that. And he said, uh, no, you're, you're going back. And I, was, I started back. And it was a descending thing. And, um, and I, went, I, I ended up in this place just before I was in my body. I was in this place, and it was, uh, it was pretty dark and uh, dismal. And it was a place right next to where, our, um, where we are in the physical. And that place scared me. It was lonely and... Um, and that's where, that's where we are. That's where we are in these containers. Um, that's we're, we're in this place that's, that's pretty rough and it's on purpose. Um, I've learned. So anyway, I woke up in my body and, uh, I wasn't happy to be there. Um, and there was a nurse there and she, um, and I told her, man, what am I doing back here? I was I was home with my bros. And from what I could tell, I bought the farm. And she said, honey, you were in escrow, but you fell out. And now you're back with us. So get over it. And, you know, these old nurses, they're, they're really something. So, uh, yeah, I was sad for uh, a few days. Um, uh, not you know, like depressed or anything, but um, it was a, a remarkable experience when you transcend this place. Um, and, you know, the doctor came and he said I was crazy. And uh, I told him my story and I told my wife and um, my parents. And then when I got back on duty, I told the guys around the department and, um, you know, it sounds like a crazy person. So you just keep it to yourself. And, uh, you know, I, I dummied up for, about 15 years and I knew it was real. Uh, it was more real than, than where we are now. And, um, so I just had to, um, you know, there's a saying it's called uh, chop wood and carry water. And you just have to get back in your life. And, and if you, if you're talking to near death experiences that are having trouble, um, you just have to get back in your life and get up every day and chop wood and carry water and, and go on the missions that you were, you know, that you were sent here to do, mm -hmm. uh, to experience. And, um, so yeah, I was quiet for about 15 years. Uh, occasionally somebody who'd lost a, a, their wife or a child or something, they would want to talk to me and, and I would tell them there is nothing, nothing at all to be, uh, afraid of or, um, uh, you know, dying is, uh, we've got it all backwards. It's mm -hmm. absolutely wonderful. And it's, um, it's a trip home and we're just here temporarily. And, um, yeah, so I kept it quiet and I, I, I you know, I, I want to remain in society. You start talking like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's why I've got a lot of these guys in their thirties and stuff. They're having these experiences, but they're not talking about it because, you know, they got businesses and they've got professions and stuff. Um, yeah. So in 2010, I uh, retired and, uh, you know, there's something about that uh, fire department, that shift work, the sleep, 
you know, with the bells going off, you don't really go deep. And uh, within a couple of weeks of retiring, everything changed with sleep. And uh, I started getting a lot of uh, downloads, a lot of messages. And one of them was to take a look at um, this book, DMT, The Spirit Molecule by uh, Rick Straussman. Right. And I don't know why I, you know, I, I hang out with cops and stuff. I, you don't read drug books. You don't watch drug movies. It's, it's not your world. You have no interest in it. Uh, and that, that's our culture that, that hallucinogenic psychedelics, these are, uh, they're drugs. They're for druggies. And, um, and I think the complete opposite now, I uh, think these are really serious medicines and, um, people can do uh, amazing things with, um, things like DMT, mm-hmm. uh, the shamans are, are helping so many people. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, I watched the video and, um, then I bought the book, which is weird. And I read the book and I got to chapter 13 and 14 and it's called, those chapters are called beyond the veil. And, um, this is where my world kind of crashed down because I, um, what Rick Straussman was doing for those who don't know about the, um, about his work, he was, uh, in a university in New Mexico and he, in it, infused um dmt into 70 or 80 volunteers uh it's a very clinical thing and then they recorded what these volunteers experienced and um they were coming back seeing the same hooded entities and the three short guys and the taller uh wispier guy and that that it was light and it was comical and uh that it was fun and um And that, that rocked my world because I had to literally drop the book and I left it lay and I walked around for a week mm. going, what, what the heck's going on? This, you know, this, this was my experience, but from everything I knew, this was some sort of dream or some kind of hallucination. Um, and uh, these guys uh, in his book, they're all seeing the same thing. And, uh, so that got me started and I kind of went on a, a, a quest. Um, and that moves into a whole nother uh, conversation. First of all, when you initially left your body, did you go through a tunnel and then arrive into this area with stars or one point you're in bed and the next point you're in stars? Yeah. Um, it was about three uh, thirty-four in the afternoon when um, I went into the ER and, uh, I was given some things that um, it didn't work out very well. And I went out. It was a, like a, a morphine type thing. And I just, I went in there with a pressure around 80 um, and it dropped, you know, it dropped to, to 40 or less. And I was out cold from then on. And this thing, I'm guessing this, when I left my body, it was, it was late in the evening. It was, midnight or one or something like that because when i came back to my body i remember it was it said something like 3 a.m on the um, monitor and i was noticing my pressure was uh starting to climb back up mm-hmm. and so yeah there was not there was no uh rushing sound or mm-hmm. 
shooting through a tunnel or anything like that. I was just there. Do you feel like you were there longer than 10 minutes? Like where you felt like you were there for a long time or do you think it could have been something quick? I think it's nice. It's, it, it's cool. You use the word quick because um, I really think it was just a show and tell for me. It was a seed mm-hmm. uh, for me. And then I was supposed to grow into the realization of, of how big um, that experience really was. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there, if you want to put time on it, I was there 20, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's just a spitball. I'm not really clear on what your medical condition was in your body back on earth. Were you clinically dead or was just your blood pressure super, super low? Yeah, my, uh, bl- my blood pressure was super, super low. And um, they set me aside and hoped for the best. And um, as far as having a witness arrest and doctors there and, uh, you know, using a defibrillator and bringing me back or anything, that, those things didn't happen. I just, this just all happened to me, um, you know. In, the, in that fashion right to where I think it, and I think that's the thing I think that's the thing with the NDE mm-hmm. the, the physical body has to be uh, stressed to a point where uh, the spirit will fly it's an automatic thing and and I really think that uh, things like vision quests and um, you know this uh, ecstatic dance where people uh, Native Americans dance for days at a time mm-hmm. um, and, these things are stressing the body to where they do have an experience. Mm-hmm. And I think they figured that out. I agree with you. And and after talking to another researcher, when it's in children, it can be sometimes, she was saying, a defense mechanism to kind of get away from something that's happening too. Uh, let me ask you this. You're the first person that ever mentioned anything about the sensual experience. And I don't need to know the details of that. but I found it also interesting that you said other NDE people, they're not telling the truth or not telling about it. And since you, I believe you said you've been to an IANS meeting before, and maybe you've discussed this personally among other NDEers. Has anybody ever told you that personally, but they're not saying it publicly? Um, yeah. Uh, what, I, what I said that uh, NDEers aren't talking about it, uh, I, I was talking, I think I was talking about guys in their 30s. And, uh, they, they have a, an experience and, um, then they're not going to go public with it because, you know, they're a contractor or something and, right. and you don't want to get the kook label cause that's what you get. <laughs> yeah. And, um, but the, um, essential, the, the first time, I mean, what I felt it, it wasn't sex, it right. wasn't romance or intercourse right. or porno, but it felt like it. And that is really, um, that is a whole subject in itself. When you look at the work of uh, Wilhelm Reich and, um, you know, and his orgone, he, okay. he, he, he calling prana, he was calling it orgone because it was uh, related to this orgasmic energy. Right. And, and Tantra. I, mean, uh, I, I love Tantra uh, oh, too. You, but, I, I think what my main question is, and I understand that you had it and you're saying men feel it. I wonder, one, is women feel it? Does everybody have this sensation? And two, beside, I mean, I've 
interviewed a lot, a lot of NDE people, and nobody has ever said that. So is that something, is everybody experiencing it, whether male or female, and just not saying anything? But um, if you talk to them, like you talk to one of your NDE buddies, and they say, yeah, that happened to me too. That's what I'm asking. Is that yeah, going that's on? What happened. It is happening. Yeah, that's going on. And I'll give you, I'll give you a couple examples. Um, and just so, you know, I just, I stay away from that whole uh, sex thing also but right. with far, as far as uh, near death and afterlife and all that stuff. But it's a big, big, you know, the Egyptians were into it and it was a big thing. Um, but the word Tantra, it, what it, what it says is that um, um, our, our, our sensual or sexual energies are divine energies mm-hmm. that they're the same thing. And it's, uh, that we carry this in our, uh, in our bodies and our containers. It's, it's a gift. It's a connection with where we come from. And, um, but you know, it's thousands of years of guilt and shame and all this cultural stuff on it. Right. But, but our ancient ancestors, they, they got together and they had fun. Um, and it was a different vibe. So, okay. So to answer your question, um, the first time I heard this, uh, I I was at this meeting and this woman was telling me about this experience she had. And she said, I saw your video on YouTube and I was so happy that you used the word sensual. And, um, and, uh, she said that she had this thing. She was in a sacred place like Shasta or, um, one of those, you know, high energy places are around us. And um, she said that she could see um, Egyptian uh, places and she could see all these different uh, high energy places at once in this like vision. And um, after she talked about this vision and she said, the strangest thing is how overpowering, overpowering uh, sexual um energies it was it it wasn't about uh you know like i said romance or dating or any of that stuff it was just this really powerful thing and um anyway i could tell you a few more stories where people just open up and they say yep that's the kind of the inside story so you're in a you're in a great position if you want to ask these you know your people that you talk to yeah, I'm gonna uh, start. It'd asking. be fun to see how many. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna start doing that. And like I said, I don't want to go. One, I don't want to embarrass anybody or make anybody feel uncomfortable. And two, I got to be careful with my, you know, YouTube stuff. But it's interesting also that you mentioned these kind of experiences because maybe that also makes the experience so profound because they're having that emotional release kind of, you know, feeling that that's what even makes it more profound. Also, you said earlier you were unhappy coming back. Would you say you were homesick when you were coming back? Like you felt like um, you left home and now you're back here again? Yeah, no, I, it, it wasn't about being back here. It was about uh, being pulled away from my true home, yeah. which I had experienced. And, um, you know, that I recommend that to everyone. You, you get an opportunity to... Um, depart the the um, physical self and and the, what goes on with the physical brain the left brain and the personality and all that 
when you see yourself, experience yourself away from your current physical self, everything changes in your life. Uh, you know that this is a temporary gig and, um, and you're here to have fun and to learn great lessons. And you just start cooperating with the universe after that. You so are, I, I'm not sure that I am. You also um, mentioned that right before you got in your body, there was this dark place. And I believe you said something that there's a purpose for that. What is that purpose? Um, so we are here on this in this earth plane and uh, – we believe we're uh, an individual and we're cut off from the flow uh, because ultimately we are uh, like drops in an ocean. We're drops of pure light in a sea of pure love. And um, to go back to that sensual thing, that is what that, that pure love flow, that is what you're experiencing. Um, so yeah, we're cut off and, uh, this is, this is rough duty. This is, uh, to come down here and, and we came at these times now, uh, you know, these are warrior spirits that are walking the earth these days. And, um, so I guess the best way to do it is in my presentation, I talk about Edgar Casey and he would go and visit the Akashic records. Uh, and he would leave his body. He, he lived about a hundred years ago. A very famous, um, mystic, mm -hmm. just a Kentucky farm boy. He was an incredible mystic. And, um, when he, he would do readings for kings and presidents and, um, you know, heads of state. And, uh, so when he would do a reading, he would get into this, um, high vibrational state. He'd have a lot of REM, rapid eye movement. And he would find himself a tiny dot, uh, like a dot of, of light outside of his body. And then he would travel. And he said it was immediately a lonely, dark, uh, scary place. And he knew that he had to follow the light in order to uh, stay safe. And so he would follow this light and he would start up this like uh, stairwell, this uh winding staircase and um and he would travel up several layers levels and he would see these um these uh robed figures just like i was talking about they were short little guys with uh robes and they were very dark robes on the lower levels and then they would get lighter and lighter as he went up um so he would go to the Akashic records and then he would come back and uh, he would get inside his body. But he talks about um, that being this place where we are uh, right next to us in the physical as um, a scary place with a lot of, a lot of scary um, things, ghosts, you know, and consciousness that, that's, that's lost their way. And, um, and they give us a lot of trouble in our lives. Mm. Uh, and we got to find our way around in this, uh, you know, in this environment. And we eventually, we, uh, we start to uh, get a higher frequency about ourselves as we learn. And um, we start to, to move up that ladder, that Jacob's ladder that Edgar Casey talks about. 
So, um, yeah, that was, did that answer your question? That was the, about the, um, the darkness of, uh, of where we are. Yeah. You mentioned that, but I think you also mentioned there's a purpose for it. What do you think the purpose of that is? You know, I'm just spitballing. That's okay. I'm just spitballing it here. And, um, I was going to say, I'm not testing you. <laughs> when we descend into physical form mm-hmm. uh, and we take on the, the energies that are present on the, the earth plane when we come into life, um, we, we didn't, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't all rosy. It, it, we took on things that are very challenging and uh, it might be something to do with family or a handicap or um something that we can push against in order for soul growth because where we come from there is uh you know there are no low vibrations there's no jealousy or anxiety all that stuff stays here and so it ultimately the purpose here is soul growth and facing um you know huge challenges right once you got back did you feel like you had any abilities after this? I mean, you kind of mentioned that you started getting deep sleep and you were getting downloads. Did you get any abilities as well? Um, that That's a, a good question. And um, yeah, I had um, the ability to, uh, it, it came on slowly, but it, it was, if somebody was, uh, didn't have, um, high vibration, good intentions. It was really obvious to me and um, like a business deal or something like that. Um, I would, yeah, but anyway, and I would get vibrations every few years. um, I would have this tailbone uh, rattling thing. It's a, it's a, it's a Kundalini thing. And, and I believe that the near death experiencer is, awakening or are going through a kundalini an energy rising type thing it's happening to them in this life and um that's why i think what you're doing is really cool because uh it's a really amazing group and most most of us don't have any idea but with me i I, if i got around anything shamanic by by accident which i didn't i didn't know what shamanic was you know in the 90s and the 2000s um but I would get this very strange vibration. I mean, it, I would bounce on the ground if I was at a uh, some kind of ceremony or something. I would it would literally shake me. And um, I always thought, you know, I, I guess I'm, you know, got Parkinson's or something. And uh, but it would always go away. And uh, that's that's part of Kundalini, this rising energy that comes up the spine. It's it's pushing out this uh, this energy that we carry from all our past lives. Um, this kind of emotional baggage. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, there was that. And, um, and then a- after 2010, around 2012, 2013, um, 2012 is a, is a really uh, big year. Um, that is when, you know, in December, 2012, that is when the Mayans said uh, that it wasn't the end of the world. It was the beginning of a new type of human being. It was uh, a human being that was energized, uh, you know, is 
they had more energy from where we come from um, infused in them. And that was going to be the future uh, of humankind. Um, so, yeah, you're, you're seeing this. There's a lot of I'm, I'm, I'm one of them, but uh, there's a lot of kids that are walking around and they see a lot of like violet and purple um, colors. And um, if they get into a situation where they're, they're in a divine um, mode or the whole room can turn into like a, a purple mist. And, um, and these things are occurring. They're real. I, I know it's <laughs> unbelievable and uh, impossible, um, but this kind of thing is real. You mentioned reincarnation. Do you think that everybody reincarnates or we come here once and we've learned enough lessons or we keep coming back or it's up to the individual? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think we come here thousands of times and um, we have many, many lives. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, and, and this is going to really be out, sound out there, but um, there's a, a I believe there's um, some caretakers in uh, in the earth plane that are um, helping us mm -hmm. quietly. And one of the things it's coming through in the, the videos and the, the movies and um, some of these shows. And if you ever watch the, the movie um, Groundhog Day, mm -hmm. uh, it's a funny movie about a kind of a selfish, uh, uh, self-centered guy. And uh, he's in the media and stuff like that. But there's a big story under there that um, a lot of people pick up on. And, um, you know, he keeps reliving the same day and he's miserable after a while. And um, what, what the real story is telling is that um, each day is a new life and he can do anything you want with that new life. It's, you know, you do as you will. And, um, for many, many lives, he's, you know, Bill Murray, he's very clever and he's very um, selfish and uh, he does a lot of mean things and he cuts himself in on all these deals. And as these lives are ticking away, um, he gets tired of it. And uh, then he, he doesn't want to be doing this and he, he starts the whole suicide thing and he tries to kill himself a whole bunch of different ways. And then at some point, it, something pops. And he remembers who he really is, that we are these divine beings and we come from pure love. And he starts spending his day doing nice things uh, for little old ladies and helping kids out and a homeless guy. And, and the movie is brilliant in that way. Uh, and then one day, he, uh, I guess he, he has that high vibration long enough, he gets to move on. And... Um, some people on the internet, they, they, um, did research, you know, they did the math on all these lives and, and he learns to play musical instruments and he learns different languages and they put it all together on how many, how much time it would take, how many lives it would take. And they came up with 7,000 that, uh, 7,000 lives in order for all the things that he experienced in the movie. And, um, they put the question to the, makers of the show, the producers. And they said that they were going for 15,000. Hmm. And so it's a, it's a, and these things are everywhere in the, the original Star Trek episodes. Uh, 
those those episodes are all about our intentions and our motivations and uh our vibration and um it's there's a lot there's so much of what we really are is in these these movies these um popular uh movies and shows and we all know there's that other end of it where it's just horrible the violence and the cutthroatness and you know the reality shows and you know you you don't want anybody to watch any of it but the sweetness is there and we get to choose in every moment we get to choose are we going to be fearful or are we going to live our lives in love and and choose love and um that's the whole story and when we choose those higher vibrations we start to rise out of this place uh, because we we don't resonate with it. Um, so I don't know. It, I think that was a great perspective of that movie. I never thought about it in that way. You started to get off a little bit onto DMT. Have you taken DMT yourself or ayahuasca? And if so, yes. If so. Did you have the same experience that you had when you were out of your body or something totally different? They were similar, but uh, I'll just tell you what happened. Mm -hmm. So uh, in in 2010, I said things took a turn with the uh, Straussman book. And uh, it was a there there came a point I couldn't uh, deny it. And I started traveling uh, to Costa Rica mostly and just driving around. And I was being led somehow and I've lots of adventures. And I found this place called Pachamama down in uh, Costa Rica. And it's just a a small community of 300 uh, people who live close to the land. And um, I really, I highly recommend it uh, for anybody to go and stay there. They, they have different programs and um, they're not going to tell you a lot of things, but, um, they're going to put you in a position to where you can experience them and you'll find your own answers. Um, but um, I met this, uh, some really legitimate shaman in that area. And one of them is uh, Taita Juanito. And there's a movie about him called the medicine. And he is the sweetest guy. Um, and so the Straussman book, there was something about the DMT and I said, well, I got to do this. And, you know, um, I, w- I went into this a ceremony in Nasara, and my whole thought was, this is folklore, and it's going to be fun. It'll be fun to talk about. And um, so I went to the ceremony, and it, it goes during the night. You get there uh, around sunset, and you set up your stuff, and you have a bucket that you uh, are going to throw up in. And... Um, and then about, I don't know, 10 or 11 o'clock, you drink the ayahuasca. And it's an amazing ceremony. It's very powerful. And um, so I drank it. And, uh, you know, I was I was still pretty unconscious at that time. And um, went back to my, my hooch or back to my uh, place where you, you lie down for the night. And um, it takes about an hour before it kicks in. And... Right about that hour, um, I started seeing a lot of uh, amazing things. The whole sky, um, the 
ceiling of the pavilion we were in, we were out in the jungle in this like covered area. There was like, I don't know, 30 of us. And um, the ceiling just opened up and there was this giant spiral that was alive and this light was streaming, streaming down at me. And um, it was indescribable. I didn't want to look away from it. And, um, and I woke up over my bucket and I just purged and, and it was like a jet engine. It was like mostly air came out. And it was a roaring discharge. And here's where I'm going to lose a lot of people. Um, but what what came out of me, what I saw was this, like this gel-like smoke, like liquid energy or something. And it went off, it went off the, bu- the bucket and it kind of spread across the floor. And um, it was bluish black. And that blew my mind. Um, it was like I purged this emotional baggage uh, from several lives of, you know, a lot of uh, traumatic things in several lives. And um, they call it a healing ceremony just for that reason, that you purge that that energy. Um, because with ayahuasca, you're going to step into some higher realms. You're going to go past the soul and into the higher self and um, you know, we are this, we are these huge, amazing beings and, um, you get to go see the, see those guys and, um, they will amend your perspective, uh, of this world, uh, amazingly. And, and this is why, um, addicts and alcoholics, um, they'll go one night and they're cured forever, uh, mm. because they don't want to let that, the big picture, um, uh, they don't want to let that the big you, the eternal you, they don't want to let that guy down. Um, so yeah, I, I drank the, the, the ayahuasca, uh, with, and, uh, I had the purge. Um, again, you can't take those energies with you into that realm. Um, and then I had, um, quite an evening. Um, I didn't really know what I was doing. I went into it pretty light and, the whole, our whole thing is to uh, control our minds. That's what we're here. We're here to to learn to choose higher vibrational, um, make higher vibrational choices. And I didn't know anything about that. Um, So I was fearful and, you know, that is what poured through me for about four hours. It was um, overwhelming. Hmm. And, the short story on, on ayahuasca is um, we, you know, we have the left brain and the right brain. The right brain's connected to the divine, where we come from. And the left brain is connected here. And it's pretty much 100% of the time in charge. And it's all about facts and figures and my opinion about this and where I stand in my story. And um, the right brain, that, that's just creative flow. It's music and art and uh, sweetness and um, and divine love where you know where where we we're from well what i what ayahuasca does is it swaps that brain and it takes that uh that material world you and ties them up and throws them in the trunk and the um eternal you is driving 
or a few hours. And um, it's really interesting. What I know of the ayahuasca experience, it's pretty much exactly like you say. You end up drinking something. I think it's like a slow release of the DMT. And most of the time people ended up vomiting. Um, and then there's some people that do the regular DMT. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but I think they just smoke it or something. And immediately you're there and it, it's like a 10 minute experience or something. And then it's just over. It's, it's, there's no like coming down from it. Have you done the other one too? The more pure version? No, I, I haven't. I, I just drank ayahuasca like a handful of times mm -hmm. and I had a very powerful experience that first time. And, um, I came back six months later and, um, and I drank again and I, I asked it, you know, interview with the Taita before the ceremony. And I asked him, could I take a little bit less? And he remembered me mm -hmm. and he, he said, you had a heck of a time. And for you to be back here six months later. So most people never come back because it's so terrifying. Right. Uh, it's, it's a death. It's a, it's a death experience. It's, it's a, the material world personality that we currently are. That guy takes a back seat and he doesn't go quietly. And, um, and that's the whole, that's all the pain and suffering. It's all of this mental thing. Hmm. So, um, so yeah, no, I never did the, it, from reading uh, about that, I, I think that's, you know, if I was a young person, it's a real shock to the system, apparently. Hmm. And um, if I was younger, I, I think I would be uh, inclined to go with that because, like you said, it's short, it's 10 minutes and, you're going to see for any of the, um, I was, I was, I was watching some, uh, some guys who didn't believe in, um, the creation or creator. Uh, they were talking to some kids and they were, what, what I can't remember what those guys are called atheist. Mm -hmm. So if you're an atheist and you want to go with the ultimate, uh, test, um, do some of that, that DMT and that raw form and, your atheism days are over. Hmm. Uh, I guarantee you that. Oh. Uh, there are beings around oh. us all the time, and uh, it, it's a it's an amazing place. What 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 was going on here? It's an amazing gift. And uh, um, DMT can, can let you see that. For people who are here that are watching this video and don't know what we're talking about, because I. I feel like we should have mentioned this earlier. DMT, I think the chemical name is dimethyltryptamine or tryptazan or something like that. But anyways, I believe it's an, your brain naturally produces this chemical when you are dying. But, and you can actually find, right. and you can actually find this chemical in plants and stuff. And I think the ayahuasca is they mix enough plants together and cook up a soup where you're able to ingest it and release it from the plants. But unfortunately the side effect is you end up vomiting, which isn't pleasant. Um, yeah. The, the um, dimethyltryptamine, it's mm -hmm. uh, produced in uh, the pineal gland. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we call our third eye. And um, at the time of each night when you're sleeping and dreaming, you get a little release of that and it sends you into uh, other realms where you, um, you know, experience things. This is, what sleep's all about. And right. when you die, you get a massive dose of it mm. and it rockets the soul out of the body. And, um, and that's what the, 
people that are um, smoking DMT or doing the, the IV thing like uh, Dr. Straussman, um, that's what they're experiencing is a, a rocketing out of the out of the body. I feel like I need to make this statement. I just want to, for my own, you know, I have to make this statement that I'm not promoting taking DMT or I'm not endorsing it. I'm just talking about it. Right. Beyond that, I read about an actual research study that they were doing research with DMT and there was two things that was fascinating. I think one of them was a lot of these people were seeing entities, which they may have considered like aliens, and a lot of these people got PTSD from taking it. And the third thing is, I think there was a whole group of people, which you may already know or kind of mentioned before, a whole group of people all saw the same entities at the same time. I believe, as you were mentioning earlier, the guys in the robes. I'll just answer this uh, with some fun. Um, the, the DMT, it's, it's produced in the um, pineal gland. And the pineal gland is, um, we're pretty much uh, turned off to it uh, in this times. And that's all part of the, the script. This is we're really uh, far away from what we really are, what our ancient ancestors knew about this place and our place in it. And um, so, when you start to awaken out of that unconsciousness, you—it's called a third eye—is opening. Third eye is awakening, and the pineal gland is a a, a little tiny. It's about as big as your um, little pinky fingernail. And it's a little tiny gland and it's hollow uh, and it has rods and cones in it. And um, it has this water, this piezoelectric water, this light infused divine electricity water in it. And um, when you get you know, cleared out and detoxed and spend a little time uh, quiet in nature and uh, let things take their take their natural course. Um, you, this third eye, you can start to see things. Um, they start opening in, in front of you naturally and uh, slowly so that you don't become fearful because once you kick fear into your experience, then everything shuts down and, and uh, you don't continue to you know, fear is the brakes. Um, so, yeah, that's the third eye opening, and this is what uh, the, the kundalini person, um, the person that is awakening from uh, you know, the illusion of the material world, um, they start seeing things and um, other realms, other beings. This is, this is very common. This is my world. Um, it's, it's all cool. It's all love. And... Um, I could understand when you said some guys went through some PSD, um, post-traumatic stress. Uh, because, I, you know, you go to a, a ayahuasca ceremony and there'll be some young guys in there and, um, you know, they're going to they're going to have fun and it's a party. And, um, and ha- what happens to them is similar to what happened to me, where you just crash into uh, this realm of fear generated by your own thoughts. And um, in the morning, these, some of these guys look shell shocked, and they don't. Sometimes they don't talk for days because um, processing what you actually saw, um, and that is 
I, I know this might be getting too weird for everybody, but the reality is we are, we are the illusion. Uh, the, the self, this is Buddhism and Zen. Um, you know, the, the illusion of the material world self is, uh, it was, gives us all the trouble. We don't have to stand up to anybody. Uh, we don't have to be right. Just be cool. Look after others. You know, that that's kind of what it comes out of that um, that Bill Murray movie, uh, Groundhog Day. It's take care of others and, and have a have a sweet resonance to yourself. Let me ask you this: Do you think that the three elvish guys in your, in the hoods are members of your soul group? Yes. Yeah. I, there there was this uh, this girl who was a channel. She was very you know all the. Uh, Elders and stuff said she's very powerful, and uh, she's here in the states now. Her name's Mia, and um, when I talked to her, she said, "I want to channel you," and so she did. And she said, "Oh my goodness, you've got all these these entities around you." She says, "You've got all this uh, uh, activity," and um, I said, "You know, that's weird because I, I see things, and uh, it kind of scares me." And um, she laughed. And she said, there are many, many non-physical beings that are helping us along in our journey. Uh, don't ever fear anything. Does that answer your question with uh, entities? Well, you kind of answered You answered it before. I was asking if those robed figures were members of your soul group, and you said yes. You said it seemed like they got reassigned before you came back to your body. Do you think even though they got reassigned and you have entities now around you, do you think it's them that are around you or completely different entities? Um, I see those. Even as a kid, I saw those guys in my dreams. Hmm. And at that sweet point between waking and dreaming – and sleeping, um, that is that that's an opportunity to interact with the divine. And uh, as a kid, and my wife said, even when we were young, she said, you, you, just before you wake up in the morning, you're laughing and you're giggling and uh, you're talking to somebody and you're trying to open your eyes. And um, and that's exactly what I remember as a kid and even as a young adult. Um, yeah, these guys are are close to us, and you, you you get close to the other side in that in that sweet spot between waking and dreaming. Um, if you uh, people listening, if they're looking for experiences, when you start to wake up in the morning, uh, before you open your eyes and stuff, just kind of linger there, and um, and let it happen. These guys are around. We all have. We call them guardian angels. We call them guides. We call them helpers. They're around everybody. You're never alone. Nobody ever dies alone. There are thousands of, of beings watching us all the time. And that that's what that movie Truman is about, Jim Carrey, where he's in that town and uh, everybody's like scheming to, ha you know, to, to put him in these uh, circumstances mm -hmm. to where he experiences things. And again, this, these movies are, are talking to us. And um, this is a lot. This is what we're we're living. We have um, these souls. They're they're loving us, and they're hoping for the best. Uh, when we meet some of our strongest challenges, the universe holds its breath, just like in that movie. And they're all waiting. Where where's he going to go? Is he going to choose love, or is he going to continue? Uh, you know, with the human thing. All right. So your book is called Full Contact Kundalini. 
Where can we find your book at? You can uh, contact me. Um, I, I've got a bunch of names. I'm sort of up, updating it right now. Uh, but it's, uh, I don't charge anybody anything. There's way more going on in this world than, uh, making some cash. Hmm. And, um, yeah, so I'll send you a copy. Well, that's amazing. How do they contact you? Bill B. Letson 56 at gmail.com. All right, Bill, are you working on any other projects right now that we should know about? Yeah, a kind of, uh, I've been doing these talks with the IONS groups and the last couple of years, um, I spoke at the, the international conference and um, I kind of got one more thing to say to sort of uh, wrap up this, uh, this speaker um, career, I guess. Mm-hmm. And that'll be, that'll come out here in a couple months and it'll probably be some kind of a, a video presentation type thing. And it, you know, you and I, we've, we've danced around all these different things, but um, I put all these, dots in a row and connect them and um it's it's really really fun so that'll be it for me and then then i'd like to i've said this before i'd like to go back to costa rica and hang out with those guys that showed me so much Mm -hmm. at the pachamama and contribute to their you know their community Mm. so yeah i'm I'm not going to become any sort of world uh speaker on this Mm -hmm. um because my stuff is too unbelievable, too impossible. Uh, currently, it, a few dozen centuries, it's going to be normal. Because uh, we're coming, you know, we're coming out of that, the darkness, and and starting back, climbing back up to a, a golden years, the golden era, um, like the the empires and the Mayans and Egyptians and back to even Atlantis and it's a, it's a cycle. If you, the, it's the procession of the equinox. Um, if you, if you go to the um, conference on procession and ancient knowledge, these are PhDs and um, they have amazing presentations. And it's obvious that we descended down into these challenging times and we're climbing back up now. I feel like we could talk about so many things. Fortunately, I'm restricted by time, but I mean, there's so much more I want to ask you and I hope that I can get you back maybe for a part two. And there are some times I have guests that people are asking me to get him back for a part two. I hope you will join me again because there's so much more deeper things that we could get into. Yeah, sure. We didn't get into Kundalini at all. There's even more that I want to ask you, but I'm just short on time. And speaking of time, before we wrap it up, is there at least one last message that you can give to us all? Yeah, I'm glad you asked because this is this is a cool one. And so, um, the the last I, I gave a, a talk, uh, oh, to the Santa Barbara Ions, and that was kind of my return trip after um, I came out of the closet in 2017 or something, and then they, the lady who runs the um, the ions there. She sent me all over the country to all these other groups. And I told my story and it was really fun and really good for me. Cause I met a lot of clued in people that, um, you know, you're not going to see them on the news or anything, but they have amazing stuff and it helped me a lot. So, um, 
So I was putting together my presentation for that and for the international conference. And um, ever since all these things happened, I, sl I sleep outside in the deck um, and look at the stars because it's, uh, there's something really amazing going on with stars. And um, so I'm laying there and I'm in that sweet spot and I'm thinking to myself, you know, I can actually pull this presentation off. And uh, it looked like I, I got it, you know, the slides arranged and all that. And I was kind of smiling and uh, thinking about this is going to be cool. And somewhere, the, I slipped, my consciousness slipped somewhere. I don't, I don't remember it at all. But all of a sudden, the whole sky opened up. And this is really going to test you, test you a lot. And um, the whole sky opened up and there was this amazing gold woman. And she was so, she was, her arms were flying around. She had like these wings and she was moving them around and she was overjoyed about something. Uh, all I heard was roaring and um, the deck was shaking, the bed was shaking, the earth was shaking. And she was just, and I said, I'm not going to, whatever's going on here, I'm not going to miss this. And so I, I looked her right in the eye and made an intention to find out what she's, what's really going on. Um, Cause like I said, it was just this roaring sound and she was, her mouth was moving. She was saying something. And, um, and I looked in her eyes and she had the most amazing golden eyes and this whole golden outfit. And she was stoked. She was absolutely overjoyed at something. And I, I like to think something I'm doing or think something I'm saying um, to help with the climb back to the golden age and uh, to help people uh, adjust uh, if they're, you know, traumatized by these times. And um, she was just overjoyed and she was amazing looking. Um, and then, this just this whole thing just closed up and everything was quiet. And I thought all the animals had run off, you know, the deer and the geese and stuff. Um, but they hadn't. Everything was asleep. So it was happening in some other realm. And uh, and I sat there and I said, now I know why our ancient ancestors called them gods. There was just this power, uh, undeniable power and beauty. And it reminded me, you know, I'm a retired fireman, and it was mostly brush fires. Uh, that was my specialty, forestry. And sometimes you, you get out in those fires and, you, you know, the thing outflanks you or, or you get overrun and you'll have 70, 80 foot flames just roaring past you and you're in a safety zone. And the whole earth is shaking and you can't talk to the guy next to you and it's like a freight train going over you. And that's what it reminded me of just this immense natural power. And, um, and I, I looked in, you know, and the next day I started looking around gold woman in the sky and everything came back. Um, Isis, this ancient uh, Egyptian goddess. And supposedly the Isis is, is, um, assigned to this North America area or something. That's why we have the Statue of Liberty. This is a recreation of ISIS and uh, you know, the Columbia movie logo. And 
And so the other day, this is, I'm wrapping it up. The other day, my wife and I, we watched Wonder Woman. And uh, it's the new one. And uh, she puts on this amazing gold outfit with these wings. And it just shows all this power. And then she delivers this message to the audience. And it's a message of choice. Uh, are you going to choose to be afraid and reactionary and um, do all these horrible things to your neighbors that seems to be the, the plan? Or are you going to choose sweetness and kindness and love? Um, it's right there. I mean, it's we're being shown what we are, who we are, and that the world around us is incredibly unbelievable. So yeah, there's another movie for you where hmm. these things are there. I think it's great. I mean, that was a great story message. That's another thing I could go on and talk to you probably for hours. But of course, I am strapped for time. And on that note, Bill, thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate it. You were a great guest this evening. I wish you lots of success in your life. And I really appreciate you. Okay. I appreciate you, Jeff. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Have a good evening. You too. Bye-bye.